Hello, thank you for joining us for the Seed to Sow podcast. My prayer is that you will be blessed by today's word. Still more. Joshua chapter 13 verses 1 through 7. When Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, You are now very old. And there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. This is the land that remains all the regions of the Philistines and Jeshurites, from the Shihor River on the east of Egypt to the territory of Ekron on the north. All of it counted as Canaanite, though held by the five Philistine rulers in Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, the territory of the Avites on the south, all the land of the Canaanites from Era of the Sidonians as far as Aphek and the border of the Amorites, the area of Byblos and all Lebanon to the east, from Baal Gad below Mount Hernan to Lebo Hamoth. As for all the inhabitants of the mountain regions from Lebanon to Mesrephoth, Maim, that is the Sidonians, I myself will drive them out before the Israelites. Be sure to allocate this land to Israel for an inheritance, as I have instructed you, and divide it as an inheritance among the nine tribes and half-tribe of Manasseh. The book of Joshua is a fascinating and inspiring book about how God made and kept his promises to his chosen people, the Israelites. Joshua, the man of God, is best known as Moses' second-in-command who takes over and leads the Israelites into the Promised Land after Moses' death. Joshua is considered one of the Bible's greatest military leaders for leading the seven-year conquest of the Promised Land and is often held up as a model for leadership and a source of practical lessons on how to be an effective leader and a person of faith. Even before becoming the leader of the Israelites, Joshua distinguished himself as one who believed God's promises. You might say he talked the talk and walked the walk of faith. His decisions and actions matched up with what he believed about God. Earlier in Joshua's life, the Israelites were on the edge of the promised land God commanded Moses to send out 12 people to spy out the land, one from each of the tribes of Israel. When they returned, 10 of the spies reported that the land, while as desirous and bounteous as the Lord had promised, was occupied by strong and fierce warriors dwelling in the large fortified cities. As far as the 10 spies were concerned, The situation was unalterably complicated by the fact that the Nephilim, who were giants in the Israelites' perspective, were in the land. Joshua and Caleb were the only two who urged the people to take the land. Here we see one thing that sets Joshua and Caleb apart from the rest of the Israelites. They believed in the promises of God. They were not discouraged or intimidated by the size of the warriors or the strength of the cities 
or the opposition they imagined. On the contrary, they knew their God and remembered how he had dealt with Egypt, the most powerful nation on the earth at that time. If God could take care of the mighty Egyptian army, he could certainly take care of the various Canaanite tribes. God rewarded Joshua's and Caleb's faith. But the scripture that we are focused on today finds Joshua at a time when he might have easily and naturally felt that most of the important work God had given him to do had already been done. At the moment when Joshua 13 chapter begins, Joshua is believed to be between 90 and 100 years old. He has led God's people through many challenges as they journeyed towards seeing the fulfillment of God's promises. Battles have been fought, and Joshua has stood up to and through leadership challenges that come with trying to help God's people stay on course, who are often wayward and inconsistent in their walk with the Lord. You might naturally assume that Joshua is entitled to some time of rest and reflection. Maybe he has begun to think about easing into a time of rest as he knows his physical body is aging. Perhaps you have had moments like this. Maybe you've looked back over your life and wondered if the most important work God had to accomplish in your life had been accomplished already. Perhaps you have asked God, what is the next thing he wants to do in your life? Many articles in the media at the beginning, especially of a calendar year, encourage us to look back and examine carefully how we've spent our lives and our time and to take definite steps to make sure that our time and our work count. You know, if we are to grow older gracefully, joyfully, peacefully, there are some things that need to happen in our hearts and minds. We have to throw off common perceptions about what happens as we age. We have to accept ourselves and our ages gratefully, knowing that getting older is a sign that God has seen fit to let us live another day, another week, another month, another year. Aging is a sign of God's grace and mercy, a sign of his favor. We know we are all walking and talking miracles, and we don't have to look back very far to remember the many ways God has helped us, held us up, provided for us, kept a roof over our heads, and blessed us with people who love us and care for us. As we grow older, we must grow bolder in our praise and worship because God has been so faithful. But amazingly, we find in this short passage of scripture that far from reflecting on the past or retreating for rest, Joshua's attention is focused on what God is saying to him, old and advanced in years, about the future and the work that still is to be done. Verse 1 says, when Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, you are now very old. And there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. Joshua's age was no secret to God. It was God who allowed him to live as long as he had. And our ages are no secret to God. He is fully aware of where we are in life 
and he is fully intentional about what is to happen in our lives right now. God spoke to Joshua when he had grown old. And can I tell you a secret? God seeks to speak to us today, right now, at this very moment. God never speaks too soon or too late or out of turn or without intention and perfect timing. God told Joshua, there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. You see, God's promises had been made to Abraham decades and hundreds of years before. And he had repeated those promises to Moses and to Joshua. God's covenant was in full force. Time had done nothing to diminish God's promises or his power to do what he promised. Time has done nothing to to diminish God's promises to us. Have you thought lately about what God promises to us as believers? Have you made it a point to learn what God's promises are and to claim those promises? Even now, God's will was for the Israelites to grab hold of what God had said and to cling to his word and lay claim to the land God had already given them. God was very specific about the territories the Israelites were to take over. I believe God was saying, I know you are very old and have come very far and conquered much, but there is still more work to be done. There is more territory I want you to take hold of, to claim as your blessing from me. Joshua must have taken a deep breath as He began to gather his strength and wrap his mind around what God was telling him to do. I believe God's word to Joshua at that moment is God's word to us at this moment. There is more, still more, I have for you. There is more, even now, that God wants to do in us and for us and through us. There are areas of our lives that God still wants us to take authority over, areas we may have yet to become aware of or to take hold of. First, there is more God wants to do to help us to release every regret. In order to release regret, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to change our perceptions to reveal to us exactly what God was accomplishing during periods when he ordained hard lessons for us. In the Genesis story of Joseph, between the time he was sold into slavery by his brothers and the time he recognized them in his position as ruler of Egypt, Joseph had endured separation from his family, slavery, being falsely accused, imprisonment and betrayal but in every situation God showed him favor even elevating him and putting him in positions of authority when Joseph's brothers came to Egypt to buy grain to help them survive the famine in the land and they realized who he was and the potential peril they faced they were sure Joseph would retaliate but this is what Joseph said I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt, and now do not be distressed 
Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be plowing, no plowing, and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. Ask God to help you to release every regret you ever felt about the difficulties you have endured in life. You are who you are and where you are because God brought you here. And he is still working out his purpose for your life. Second, there is more, still more, God wants to do to help us to learn to pray with expanded expectation. In Isaiah 41, verse 21, God says, Present your case, says the Lord. Submit your arguments. In other words, God tells us, to continue to plead our case, continue to pray, even as time passes and you don't see any evidence of an answer. Pray with expanded expectation. Keep looking for unlooked for blessings. Don't assume that all that God has done is all he will do. God cares about our heart's desires. In Luke 18, Jesus told his disciples, a parable about their need to pray at all times and not lose heart. It says in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. And there was a widow in that town who kept appealing to him, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect men, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice. Then she will stop wearing me out with her perpetual request. And the Lord said, listen to the words of the unjust judge. Will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he continue to defer their help? I tell you, he will promptly carry out justice on their behalf. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? In verses 1 through 5, God tells Joshua what is to be done. In verse 6, he tells Joshua the how. God said, as for all the inhabitants of the mountain regions, I myself will drive them out before the Israelites. So finally, I believe this scripture reveals to us one more thing God desires to do in us, the still more that he wants to do for us even now. God wants to do more to create in us a deeper and more complete dependence on him. I believe God is saying to us, even now, even after all you've been through, even after all you've seen me do in your life, even now, I know how you feel physically. I know how you felt after that last doctor's appointment. I know you may feel emotionally depleted, but wait a minute. Have I ever told you to do anything 
without giving you the power to do it? God knew there would be resistance from the people who inhabited the lands. He was directing Joshua to take over. But what he wanted Joshua to understand was that God himself would go before the Israelites and drive out the inhabitants of the lands he had given to them. In Isaiah 46, God said, I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will do it. God's plans are fully charged with his power. What he purposes, he will enable, he will do. Even now, let us surrender to God's still more, to God's purpose and his process. Let us be willing to allow God to do the work in us in those areas that God still desires to take over. Let us release every regret. Replace those regrets with rejoicing. Move those perceived losses to the win column. Pray with expanded expectation and then face each day with excitement and joy and anticipation for the still more that God will do. Then determine to live in deeper dependence on him. There is still more God wants to do in us and through us and for us. Amen. Join us again next week for the Seed to Sow podcast with Reverend Lisa Weathers Hall. You can also reach us by email at seed to sow ministry at gmail.com. S E E D T O S O W ministry at gmail.com. God bless you.